Hello and welcome to episode four of What's Your Favorite Scary Movie. Today we are going to be continuing the discussion about Jordan Peele's Nope. Um, just a little bit of quick housekeeping before we dive right in though. There have been a few technical issues regarding episode three just in terms of like a little bit of noise canceling trouble. So that is still probably going to be a little bit evident in this upcoming episode, but it is taken care of afterwards from um, five onward. The recording setting has improved drastically since these were recorded to the following episodes. So I apologize and I also apologize in advance, but like I said, going forward, not much of an issue. We do have quite a bit more ground to cover though, so I will just let us dive right in. I was thinking about what you had said a few episodes ago about um, how terrifying the concept that uh, was about um, in The Strangers, where the scariest thing about it is that it was so random. And I was just thinking about like how Juke has this idea that he's, like you said, like he's got some kind of like spiritual idea that he's the cho- he's the A, the chosen one for Jean Jacket, and B, that he, um, like it's just so godlike with these animals, like just way beyond his skill level, like the imposter, like what's the opposite of imposter syndrome? Dunning, Dunning Kruger or something. There's like a thing that's the opposite of <laughs> imposter syndrome, and that's what he has when it comes to animals. He's not an animal trainer. He, you know, there's a, there's like a, there's a word for somebody who thinks that they're really good at something that they have no experience in. Like me thinking I could survive a shark attack. Like that's what he, <laughs> that's his thing. Yeah, this that's like that's Juke with with thinking he's just like this insane animal trainer. He he's not training the animals for the Star Lasso experience. Um, he's buying trained animals and he has stables and staff, like a huge staff. Like he's not, it's nothing about it is his work. Um, it is Dunning-Kruger. Ah, see, you got it. No, but it's not like how OJ and even Emerald, um, are like trained professionals. They know what they're doing. And that's another thing. He's kind of taking credit for what they've already done. Right. And he's got, even though we can get so caught up in this, like, idea that one of the themes is being chosen and being so spectacular it if you step back and watch like the whole movie again those horses were going missing before like not just or not horses rather but people who were out in that area were going missing and their horses i guess too but like as a general rule like it was just people were going yeah. missing from from the area um before oj's dad died and like even oj's like oh bad miracle because this is so random. The truth is, is that the fact that it had anything to do with OJ and like Emeralds and OJ's dad and Jupe and like everyone else, completely random. But after this like insane event that Jupe has gone through, he's like, yeah, <laughs> schizo posting. He's like, everything, everything has a meaning. Like there's a message to everything. I'm the chosen one. Nothing happens on accident. Everything has like a thing for it. He's he's in his like angel numbers astrology Instagram era. But um, OJ seems to like think that even if the odds are like so insane, they are just still. It's just a bad coincidence that this happened. Um, and he's correct. He's correct in the whole movie, beginning to end. He never is wrong about literally anything. Exactly. And that's why I love him. I just think Daniel Kaluuya is just such a good fucking actor. And like 
Oh my god, I, I could talk about that man for hours. The differences between his character and like Get Out and uh, Nope are just like, he plays both of them so well that uh, I'm just on his side forever. I'm also a big fan of his work in Skins. We forget he's in that. The first time I saw him was in the Black Mirror episode and it was the first Black Mirror episode I ever watched. I need him in everything and then I, a couple months later I watched him in Get Out and I was like, there he is. Um, I really liked that his episode of Black Mirror because it was just a really great sci-fi episode um, as opposed to like a lot of I, I by the way I do really like Black Mirror but I a lot of those episodes are like phone bad girl with Instagram narcissist versus Danielle now doing Jordan Peele projects which are like insanely intelligent social commentaries <laughs> that are have like actual nuance and like layers to them okay I had a very quick couple of like rattle off easter eggs um the inside of jean jacket being shown to us as the opening of the movie and then it going into the aspect ratio of the movie which is like just that's okay. everybody has that's not like anything new but that one's crazy the actress on the set that oj and mm -hmm. emerald go to work on in the very beginning um bonnie not respecting the rules of the horse like at all was very heavily a she's as the one theme in the movie is humans the way that we treat animals and this like food chain hierarchy not realizing that like we are not at the top of the hierarchy necessarily we just have taken our place there and assumed like that's how it's going to be so she's absolutely not respecting this animal horses are insanely dangerous and she's just like but i'm more important here so like i can just act however i want around this um which is exactly what jupe is doing with jean jacket and what everyone's doing with jean jacket to be honest um except for obviously OJ and Emerald and also the way that she treats OJ and the horse like very similarly very dismissive um she there's like a there's a hierarchy on film sets and she's comes on the set and everyone's like oh she's here like everyone stops talking everyone's like excited they're all like just singing this woman's praises who's done absolutely nothing she just has walked into work and everyone's so rude and dismissive too the lower crew and then like there's like the middle crew who are treating the lower crew the middle and higher crew like there's like production assistants and stuff like running around and they're they're not respecting daniel kaluuya because he's just kaluuya sorry because he's just there for the he's there for the shot he's there for the horse he's not part of their their setup um and then like the director's rude and then the actress comes in and she's commanding like everyone else like there's very clear like hierarchies in place which just i like the theme of a lot the as soon as oj disrespects the actress by cutting like not giving her the attention that everyone else is giving her as soon as he does that is the at the same time lucky starts being fucked with by like the production assistants which i just thought was a really cool parallel because that's when lucky lashes out after being treated incorrectly which is like OJ doesn't lash out, but he, he loses, like, the very calm facade, and he's, like, yelling for M, he's cutting people off when he's talking, so, like, that parallel I really liked. M doing her spiel about the first, first, uh, black man on film, and, um, she forgets a great in her speech, and OJ has to remind her, and someone pointed out is that's because she only knows that speech from hearing her dad recite it, so that's one, he has one less generation to say a great for, yeah. which is why she forgets it. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I always think about, this is obviously, everyone knows this, but, you know, he tells the crew member, like, right away with Lucky, don't look her in the eye, or don't look him in the eye. I can't remember if Lucky's a boy or a girl. I think it's a boy. But uh, tells the crew member not to look Lucky in the eye, and he's the one who figures out not to look 
jean jacket in the eye. And then also the little, the, the thing, you know, that they use for the, the horse. The mirror ball. Yeah, that. And then later the TMZ guy having a helmet that looks exactly like that and that freaking jean jacket out. I just think those were such cool little, like little moments that like you, you kind of pick up. And then later in the movie, as it goes on, you're like, oh, that's why they said that. Or that's why they did that. Like, oh. Those like very bottom feeder exploitative paparazzi like and photographer people um, not really having any substance and just really being like a reflection of what everything else is that's going on. Um, they were like, oh, that's like what the, the the helmet meant. I was like, I mean, that's a great theory, but like the mirror ball guys, he's a walking, he's a walking yeah. mirror ball, which is like they, with the horse and now it's with the guys exactly <laughs> exactly like i do i do like that you know because the tmz guy he really d he didn't have a name he didn't have any identity of his own like we know nothing about him besides he's just there to get a, a shot of it uh so i do like that theory but it quite literally he is just a mirror ball and that's why jean jacket freaks out because it's a direct reflection of her back back at her sunglasses at night was such a perfect song choice because it's such a good metaphor for not looking something in the eye. Also, the, that slow reverb, sunglasses at night. Jean Jacket's version. Yeah, exactly. I also saw a really good theory that someone talked about. One of the overarching themes is consumption, and we see it multiple times throughout the film, whether it's through actual physical eating, because we see a couple characters eating, like, junk food or, like, uh, when they're at the restaurant, all hanging out. We see them, like, physically eating a couple times, or M threatens to eat the praying mantis that blocks the camera. And then, obviously, Jean Jacket eating, Gordy eating flesh, um, versus the consumption of the spectacle, the consumption of the Gordy's home incident, the consumption of Jean Jacket, TMZ. Like, so I just thought that that was a really cool take, because I was like, yeah, it is about consumption, and we see it shown quite physically through Barbie Ferreira's character showing up eating hot Cheetos uh, and eating Sour Patch Kids. And then we also see it, people being so into the spectacle and just wanting, obviously, they, M and OJ, they want the shot to prove that it exists, but they know that that will be sent out to the masses for public consumption. Have I told you lately how big and sexy and juicy your brain is? <laughs> And sticky, and if you <laughs> threw it to the ceiling, it would stick like a paper towel in a bathroom. Did you ever, in like high school or middle school or whenever, walk into the bathroom and there was just in people high with school? Wet paper did towels? I do that? Not you, but like going in and seeing people do that. Do you think that I had time in high school to be going oh, into up. the bathroom <laughs> and balling up wet paper towel and throwing it onto the ceiling? I was too busy sitting in the stairwells with a sharpie writing real lies, real lies, real lies on the wall. <laughs> also, this is one that I would love if anybody is out there listening to me say this. If anyone could check this for me, it's that'd be great. Um, I tried to track the directions that Jean Jacket was traveling, and there might not have really been much effort into it outside of, okay, she's going in the direction of jupes versus the direction of whatever. Um, but I was trying to track it based on the, like, electrical patterns and the shots of her actually going places and, like, mentally make a map of, like, what the layout of, like, Jupes looked like based on, like, where, where's the star lasso part compared to, like, the entrance compared to, like, whatever. And then where 
what direction is the road that goes to um, like the Haywood Ranch. Uh, I tried really hard to figure it out and I was having a lot of trouble remembering to keep track of it, but I guarantee that it was on purpose and it was timed out based on an actual accurate feeding schedule for her. And I would love if somebody smarter than me could track that. Also, if if anyone is listening to this and they do want to track it, um, following the sound of the screaming if you're wearing headphones helps too. Amazing. Ooh, one thing I want to just, it's a tiny detail that I'm pretty sure everyone has picked up now, obviously. The thing that kills Otis Sr. is a nickel, a coin, you know, money. And then later, that nickel or another coin is the same thing that ends up getting Emerald the shot. I love that detail so much because it's like full circle of like, this is how it starts and this is how it ends. One of the, that was one of the things that was in that thread that Logan Paul wrote. He was like, first of all, it's a nickel. I was like, okay, well, there's a reason why you can't drop coins off of the Empire State Building or you get a fine, if not arrested, depending on the volume in which you are doing it. And that's just from the Empire State Building, which is obviously um, a historically large building, but <laughs> it's not um, it's not that it. high in the comparison of like a spaceship. So yeah, I feel like you could definitely kill someone by dropping a coin on them directly from outer space and it landing on them. Also, this is a fucking movie. Do we understand that? Real things don't things don't have to be real in movies. Like, but they are in this. But movie. they are. So but they even are. now. <laughs> yeah. No. Like it. It makes sense. Like we. I feel like we all learned that when we learned about gravity. I feel like that was one of like the hey, did you know that if you dropped a penny off the Empire State Building, you could fucking kill someone? I feel like that was one of the trivia fun facts while learning about gravity in like what fucking third grade. Also, I don't know what Logan Paul does. For content. I know he does like shock content and stupid shit like that. Um, and I know he's done like vlogs of him just being like in his like insane McMansion in LA with his equally horrible friends doing lame shit. But did he not do like, does he not like a streamer? Does he not also do gaming? Because like the biggest video game in the entire world when it came out was Portal. And the one of the, that's a game about physics. I learned physics by playing that game. It's not fucking rocket science that if you keep falling for a really long time, you get faster. It goes quicker. It's, you know, when you see a comet, do you think comets are on fire spontaneously? Like, do you think it's just a rock on fire? It picks up speed and it gets a flame on it. Like, let's, let's use our big boy brains. Oh, the, I really liked um, Angel. This is like not even, I don't really, not much of an Easter egg, but um, Angel screaming when he gets out of the van. (laughs) Just, and the, all the I, horses freaking out is so funny. And OJ just being very calm, being like, you can't do that. Don't. Don't. <laughs> like, it's so good. He I, just turns around deadpan. Don't do that. All of the characters in this movie so much. And I'm so grateful that Brandon was cast because I can't imagine what Angel was like before him. And I don't want to because he was so perfect. Yeah, they're all the care, all the like we've taught, we could sit here and just keep saying every few things, keep saying, oh my God, the acting's so good. But like everyone's characters were just so like, it looked like so much love and thought had gone into them, not just from like a writing perspective, but like from all the cast. Daniel and um, Kiki's like sibling dynamic, just like untouchable. So, so good. My favorite character is Antlers. I think that he just like 
I stole every scene that he was in for me. I just thought that was like one of the best supporting roles I've seen in a really long time. Oh, and also Angel saying like, ugh, fucking CW because his girlfriend was on a CW show and she like left him. CW pilot. Very, very funny moment to be sitting in that theater as a dynasty stand because it was still on the air wow. at the time. <laughs> Rip dynasty. That was, uh, that was crazy. That was crazy because I think I, when I heard that line, I immediately was like, um, the CW is actually great because it has Riverdale. I was with Dom, I was with my partner, and they turned and looked at me, <laughs> that line, because I, and I know that their brain went dynasty when I, when he said that, and like, with them, yeah. with good reason, it was fine. That's also very perfect for LA, because I cannot tell you how many people I have known who have either been an extra for the CW or been like, something for the CW. It's always the fucking CW. It's literally so... I have had that exact same experience with um, living in Vancouver. Exactly. It's, al it's always the fucking CW. <laughs> oh, sorry. One last, like, little one that's not a Easter egg. It's just, like, a moment that I really loved was Angel... Or not Angel, sorry. Um, M getting really stoned and then being like, I'm gonna go do something. I'm gonna go do an errand. And then going to Jupes and stealing a fake horse like a horse decoration like just so dastardly of her <laughs> it was so funny the most devious lick of all time i'm so obsessed with her i love there's like a tiny moment um when the four of them are like planning the big the big moment um and angel says something he's like as someone who is in the house and M like leans over and they like fist bump for a second and then he continues on with his like whatever he was talking about i just think that moment is so like funny and cute and i was like i love them so there's a moment when angel's done installing all of their stuff and he asks them if he, he offers to monitor the feeds remotely for them which if somebody did that if somebody came to my house and set up a security system and then he was like, by the way, I can, um, I can watch all these on my phone for you. I would be like, actually, I'm going to need you to turn around, take every one of these cameras out of my house now. I never like, but when he says that to them, they get like, a, they give me like a very resounding fuck no. I thought it was really interesting that like even throughout, like throughout the whole movie, um, even M having like a side hustle where she's like, well, I can dance and I can act if you ever like, if you need extras, like. There's that. Even with that, like, she's so, it's so something she doesn't seem to be focused on as opposed to, like, her more crew work and, like, her more steady work. And it, her and OJ just, like, have no interest in being the spectacle at all. They have no interest in being in front of, like, the camera and, and doing all that. Like, even M being, like, very eccentric and, like, out there and garnering, like, attention from people and, like, from strangers. Like, she just still seems so calm about it. Like, she doesn't want to be in front of the camera. She doesn't want to be doing stuff. OJ doesn't either. Not even to the point where they want, like, cameras on them in their in their own property. Like, they're not looking at themselves. They're making something else into it. When she accidentally photobombs the kids at Jupiter's claim. Like, she's not in, she's not in the shot. Like, she, or not on purpose. Um, and she just, like, never goes into being in front of the camera. She didn't go and get her own selfie. She didn't, like, there was nothing to it. She just, they're both very behind the scenes out of the way. That makes it even more interesting later when Antlers is talking to her and talking about how she wants to be the spectacle, all eyes on her, top of the mountain. 
because he ends up being that person that goes to the top, physically goes to the top of the mountain and does have everyone's eyes on him in that moment, even Jean Jacket's eye. And he's even willing to give up the impossible shot. As he says, we don't deserve the impossible. He's willing to give that up to sacrifice his own life to get a look at that. Yeah, he comments that she wants, what she wants out of this is like fame. And she doesn't really like dispute it, but she, it, it's like when you hear him say that, and I don't know how the fuck they managed to do this, what subliminal messaging was happening. But when you hear him say that, you immediately know you're like, he has misread her, which is fine because he's a stranger um, yeah. to her. You're like, he's, he doesn't, he got it wrong. He was making an assumption about her. And we all know that not just, we know that assumption is incorrect because we know her better. We know that like, he will figure that out because he's just incorrect. It's not any deeper than that. It's not like she comes across that way, but like, she isn't like that. He just made like a split judgment on her. He based it on what he thinks people want. So there was a thing about the red cam, or not the red cam, sorry. There was a thing about um, the, the aliens, the Jupes aliens, that like the mascot and like the masks that he sells and um, his kids running around wearing them when he's like pranking. And everyone's like, oh, they kind of look like cameras. Um, but we we see so much camera imagery already in the movie. The beginning with the, the aspect ratio on the inside of um, yeah, inside of Jean Jacket and how she looks like the front end of like a, a big red camera, like the, the big square thing. <laughs> um, and I was thinking about it like more and more. And I was like, he doesn't, he, it only looks like a camera if you point at the alien masks and you're like, hey, it looks like a camera. And then you don't think too hard about it. But the more that I was like looking at pictures of the alien masks and of like red cameras, is it look, the aliens look like red cameras from the side. They don't look like yeah. what a red camera looks like when you're looking at it. His mascots look more like what red cameras look like when you're looking at them from the side. His last moments that he was on set before he was never on a set again were not him being in front of the camera. It was him hiding away from everything that was going on. And he's never, never in front of the camera like that again. And so his last memory of a camera is, or at least this kind of camera, you get a camera on this level, is looking at it from a different angle. And he very much spends the entirety of the movie trying so hard to get back into the front of like of everyone like being of course like being a spectacle being the star of what's going on and then by the time he actually ever does get that view ever again that's not from the side and from straight on is jean jacket and that's it and then he's done no i think that's good because i did see most people pointing out that uh the eyes of the or the eyes of the alien is the side of the gordy's home camera um and I like that, that that was the last time he saw a camera and he's, we know he's trying to get recognition again, almost, or get back to it. I don't, I have a lot to say on his character because I feel like nothing he ever does is truly coming from a bad place. It's just kind of all he knows. And so he grew up as a kid in the industry and he think kind of think that's like all he's good for because that's all people know him for. And he's just trying to constantly get back to that, back to that feeling of praise, back to that feeling of being known, because that's that's all he's ever known. And so without that, he kind of loses who he is almost and wraps himself back up in, in the past, which is why he has a whole theme park based on his uh, kid sheriff. And also, because um, I, I, another thing I noticed about the, the alien is that it does look like a monkey and it looks like a chimp. It looks like Gordy. And so it's kind of the combination of the two with, it's like the camera on top of the monkey. So back on the, yeah, so on the animal instinct of horses and how they sense 
jean jacket long before anyone else does um another like more of their their instinct is the horses panicking in the barn um at jupes and i believe at haywood ranch as well but the horses panicking despite being safe in there um because they feel trapped so it's very similar like the way feral cats will like freak out when you put them in a cage, even if you have like, you're not like threatening them and they're totally fine. Human beings do this um, during storms, during like scary weather where we know that we're fine, but it's, you can't go anywhere. So you're, it's panic. Um, kind of like how during the, the storm, right before Jean Jacket rains the blood rain down on them, Angel is hiding under the table and he's scared, even though they are safe because Jean Jacket can't get them from inside there. Well, they, they're not sure of that. Same way the horses aren't sure. It, they're trapped in a way. And we also see that when OJ's, even when he has more knowledge of the fact that if they're in coverage, they're safe and he's trying to keep the horse safe. He's still like not, it's not a good situation. He doesn't like that he can't go out. <laughs> it's not a, it's a bad feeling. Yeah. Um, and so there's also kind of like what uh, something that goes into that is that people have a way to describe this. Animals obviously don't. But it's kind of the fear that, um, like, you know, when someone's like, well, this has never happened to any, like, but there's a first time for everything. Like, nobody wants to be the first human that accidentally gets killed by a rainstorm while, like, sitting inside their house. Like, what yeah. if my roof's, like, what if, what if for some reason, just sometime in the future, we find out that this could kill you? I didn't want to be, like, the first one for that to have happened to. Nobody wants it to be the first one. To have to be, no one wants to be the first sacrifice in a new evolutionary step. That's good. <laughs> Ghost uh, is territorial outside, even when JJ is far away from the Haywood Ranch. Um, I think there's something that Emerald says about like, what the hell is Ghost doing outside? Like, Ghost took himself out to go right. stand in the field and like neigh and like whinny and be like, this is my house. So, and Jean Jacket was nowhere nearby like at that point um just to be like a warning like um so i put on here this is something really common that pet dogs do where they'll there's no 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 one's coming they don't see another dog nearby they don't smell another dog nearby but they'll stand in the yard and they'll just bark <laughs> be like this is yeah. my like this is my backyard have you ever experienced your dog realizing that they were not a match for what they were trying to be territorial against Yes, I had a chihuahua. Exactly. So the the war the being territorial and the warning is like, it's not just a warning and a step one. It's also like, hey, if you hear me barking from way back here, maybe you are not gonna come over here and see how easily you could absolutely wreck my shit. <laughs> so I'm gonna just like try to I'm gonna try and threaten you while you're really far away, and then the closer you get, the more skittish I'll get, which is what starts happening with the horses. They are all brave. They're all out there being like, this is my ranch. I live here. Um, and then as Jean Jacket draws closer over time, the territorialism goes away and the horses are like, oh, I'll just stay in. I'll just stay inside today. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine inside. Don't worry about it. Oh, um, silly little image that I liked. Um, Jupe's covered box, his covered glass box for the horses that he feeds to Jean Jacket looks like Jean Jacket. Does it? I haven't. A little to me, not like, I don't think he did it necessarily on purpose. I just think it was, um, I mean, I don't think that Jupe did it on purpose. I'm sure that yeah. Peel did it on purpose, but um, the square, the rigid square imagery with the um, like billowing. I've never paid attention to it. You're so smart. 
I also love the tiny details on Jupe's suit in that scene with the with the spaceships and then the flower that looks like Jean Jacket's final form. Like I just think that was a very and then obviously his hat looking like her. Um, and in the poster, them using Jean Jacket instead of his hat is just so good. I just think about the drip that that jacket had. <laughs> I want unmatched. <laughs> I saw so many people go as Jupe and, like, Jean Jacket or the Cloud for Halloween, and all of them were so good. I want that suit now. I have in here a thing that says Jean Jacket is autistic. She is. Every character in that movie, like, everyone in this movie is autistic. <laughs> antlers especially. Antlers is my... Antlers, antlers especially. I think that's why I like Antlers so much. I really relate to him and his... I want Antlers letterboxed. Drop the letterboxed, letterboxed Antlers. <laughs> I want his home. Yeah, I, that's one of the most, like, my favorite shots of the whole movie is um, him sitting in his, his editing room, and it's, like, the po or mid, it, mid-century, post it's, like, very, it was, it looked like the most expensive, beautiful room from, like, the 70s I'd ever seen. It had, um, it had dark exposed brick, and then, like, wood paneling and dark wood furniture, and then, like, the, the stacks, like, the shelves of film reels, and then... The big glass windows with the dark green plant life outside. I was like, oh, this is the greatest room I've ever seen in my life. I want the whole movie to be shot in this room so I can just like look at this. And I also love, I feel like the the plants in front of him really mimicked like a jungle setting or like a being within nature setting while he's also working on his film, which is about predators and their prey. And I just think that was such like a good because it kind of shows that he's very immersed in animals. His fucking name is Antlers, like, <laughs> which I do want to talk about how each character's name represents who they are. We talked about Jupe's um, need to be in front of the camera, and then I mentioned about the way that Jean Jacket looks like the camera, and him being there, that was, like, the last thing that he saw. Um, there was a moment where, that I just thought was, like, really cool and whatever about that, where Jean Jacket focuses her like weird camera lens pussy on um, the big giant blown up jupe, you know, like warehouse inflatable like jupe doll. She like stops and looks at it for a really long time before continuing with what she was doing, which I just thought was really interesting because I was like, is she thinking that it's making eye contact with her? Because it looks like it's got eyes and it's really big. It's like, so is, like, is she thinking she's making eye contact with this thing or does she recognize it? And she thinks that it's him like she's getting like a connection and thinking it's him like I wanted to just point that out and think like I thought that was very very interesting and that's like right at the end like when she's in her final form so she really is like camera mode and my last little comment was just gonna be that I would be so terrible in this movie I have so much respect for animals and I treat them with respect and I understand like yo this thing's like crazy and it could kill me but for some reason the understanding that it could kill me is not um, paired with any sense of caution. I am very stupid and denial makes me immortal. And I <laughs> always, I always have the mindset that nothing's going to happen to me. And like, not in the, the Dunning-Kruger way that maybe Jupe has, where I think that like, nothing's going to happen to me because I'm like, destined for something. But like, I'm like, Nothing's gonna happen to me because so much should have happened to me by now. So at this point, obviously, it just means an error was made when I was being made. And they forgot to, like, mix my 
my stats correctly and my like my randomizer's wrong. <laughs> they're like, this one, nothing can kill her. Send her out. And then I got down there and they're like, yeah, so nothing kills her, but she's gonna like lead a life of like a lot of caution. And then she'll be a, a sign that nothing's gonna kill people if they're really cautious. Cause she's really cautious and then nothing killed her. And they're like, no, uh, she keeps telling people she could go swim with sharks, but like on her own, not on an excursion. That's the exact point I was gonna make that you think you could survive a shark attack. Um, I also feel like it's not so much that you think you're like so much better that you will survive these things. It's the fact that like, we think we are so insignificant where we're like, why would that happen to me of all people? Like, no. That wouldn't happen. Like, I want to talk about how each character's name relates to who they are. I have only figured out angels, antlers, and maybe emeralds. I have not gone into OJ's or Jupe. Um, if other people have those, I would love to hear them. But for Angel, obviously, he's a guardian angel. He watches over them. He surveys their cameras without them asking him to because he... He is an angel, and he's watching over them. Um, for antlers, obviously it's a fucking animal name, and this entire movie is about animals and predators and their prey, and he's a director, which can take a very predatory stance sometime, not even in a bad way, necessarily. All, it's a position times. of power. It's, a, it's yeah. a hierarchy. It's a It's high up on a hierarchy. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. Pred that, predator because he's not prey. Or at least exactly. not most of the time. Exactly. And then his film is about animals, and it's a lot, a couple of shots are uh, predators and their prey. And then he it ends up becoming the prey for Jean Jacket. And once again, his name is fucking Antlers. And then Emerald, Emerald, I just figured out last night, and I could totally be completely off base about this, but I was just thinking, like, Emerald, a gem. She is a gem, um, and Jupiter's Claim has, like, that gold rush theme, mining theme, you mine emeralds, I think. <laughs> so that... <laughs> All of my knowledge about mining comes from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, if we're being honest. Um, and then she is the one who gets the shot at the end by using um, the, the, the thing at Jupiter's Claim. And I was trying to see if I could find anything to fill in the blanks of the ones that you were, um, that you didn't have theories on, but I didn't find anything. I just found the, uh, thing about how someone said, does NOPE stand for not of planet Earth? And Jordan Peele said, no, that actually wasn't, like, an intentional thing, and Kiki's response was, but isn't that a good theory? Aren't you gagged? <laughs> her so much. Ugh. I need her and everything, and I also need her to get awards for this because that final scene of her oh my god it's so good and just like oh my god the one shot that really gets me is at the end when they're both when she's about to go on the motorcycle and they're waiting for jean jacket to get far enough away so that she can start it and they look at each other and he does the eye thing to her the icu thing and then she's like crying that shot of her crying while looking at him is so good and then she does it back Oh my god, that part gets me every time. I know there's theories out there that he didn't survive and that she's just seeing a ghost of him because of the fact that it's in the fog and it's under the sign that says out yonder. But I like to believe that this is Jordan Peele and he would not kill off Daniel Kaluuya. It almost feels like it doesn't fit into the movie because the movie is so... There's so much 
symbolism and like metaphor and theme in the movie already it feels like that's as far as like the the not literal part of the movie goes is the intentional yeah. metaphor of it which like i'm just pretending he survived either way even if jordan peele comes out and says no he's dead i'm gonna go no he's not <laughs> not in my brain Oh, I forgot that the electronic store is also, like, themed like a UFO crash, like, with the thing. I totally forgot about it that. Is. Isn't that... Fry's Electronics is a real place, though, isn't it? It is. And is that what they actually look like? Every Fry's location looks different. So the one by me, um, it closed. But it used to be Alice in Wonderland themed. And that's the one in Burbank. And it's UFO and alien themed. Mm -hmm. But each Fry's is different. And they picked that one specifically, obviously, because it's an alien movie. Because... I checked the distance between where their ranch is and where that fries is. That's 37 miles. I'm sure there was at least one electronic store closer because you don't go from the fucking desert to Burbank just for fun. Especially Angel driving out to them a couple times. That's like at least an hour. The first, the first time he did it and was like, that was enough. I wouldn't do it again. Exactly. Like... Which is how, another reason why I feel like he is a guardian angel, because he repeatedly does that trip for them, and then also lets them stay in his home, like these two strangers that he doesn't know. I love him. Well, I didn't find anything else about the names. Um, maybe my brain is just... So, I, maybe, maybe you've now copyrighted, like, this is, now you're the first. Absolutely not. I know for sure I'm not the first. <laughs> I wish I was. Well, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. <laughs> I I could talk about this movie forever, but I feel like I have nothing left to say that's, like, mine. Everything else is probably... That's how I feel as well. <laughs> ...what other people have said. I could probably talk for another hour and a half by Googling and reading off, like, my favorite theories, but you guys can Google your Google that yourselves and find stuff. No, I had, like, a bunch screenshotted from Tumblr that I wanted to talk about, but I it's been two hours, and I'm like, there's not enough time and also we pretty much like reiterated most of it everything most of it most of it just goes into extreme detail with better coherency probably <laughs> actually yeah all right that is the end on another episode for us i hope you enjoyed hearing our theories on nope and if you have any please let us know our link tree to where you can find everywhere that this podcast is streaming and our socials and everything is linktree slash WYFSM. And our official Twitter is WYFSM podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.